May 26th, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 27. I, Jesus, am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in His love. I have told you this so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for, using my name. I command you to love each other. When the world hates you, remember it hated me before it hated you. The world would love you if you belonged to it, but you don't. I chose you to come out of the world, and so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. The people of the world will hate you because you belong to me, for they don't know God who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me hates my Father too. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be counted guilty. But as it is, they saw all that I did and yet hated both of us, me and my Father. This has fulfilled what the Scriptures said. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the Counselor, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will tell you all about me. And you must also tell others about me because you have been with me Jesus from the tells beginning. Jesus a story and many people have referred to this as the prodigal son. Here we have this story of, of this young man. He goes to his father and he's the younger of two brothers. And he goes to his father according to Jesus and he asks for his inheritance. And so his father gives it to him. And the Bible says in verse 13, when Jesus is unwrapping the story, he says that not, not many days after this younger son gathered everything that he had 
and he journeyed to a far country. In essence, this younger son became a runaway. He began to run away from God. He began to run away from his family. He began to run away from everything that was right. He wanted to live his own life. He wanted to take his money and he wanted to go do his own thing. The Bible says that when he'd spent all he had, there arose a famine in the land and he began to be in need. Here's the guy that, that had the fancy sports car and he had all the trophy girlfriends and he had all the money. He was the guy at the bar that paid for everybody's tab. Everybody sang cheers to his name. And yet that pleasure and sin only lasted for a while. We pick up the story and now he's stone cold broke. Here he is feeding pigs. Now you have to understand his culture. I mean, that, that's as low as you could get. But then there's a turnaround. It says here in verse 17, it says this. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and yet I am dying with hunger? And then he starts talking to himself. He starts talking to himself, and he says, I'm going to arise, and I'm going to go to my dad, and I'm going to say to my dad, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. He came to his senses. Now, this is Jesus' way of helping you understand something. It means that the Spirit of God, only the Spirit of God can bring someone to their senses. And Jesus said that no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. Now the way the Father draws you is he sends your Holy Spirit. I don't have words to articulate that April 5th night in the balcony when I came to the realization that I was religious but I was lost. But the Spirit of God opened up my mind and my heart and my soul to help me understand that I was a lost sinner who was gonna die and spend eternity separated from Christ. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, it's him that brings you to Jesus Christ. Well, that's what happened with this man. The Spirit of God began to speak to him and he came to his senses. He said, I'm gonna to go to my dad and I'm gonna to apologize to my dad. And I'm gonna tell my dad, dad, I don't even deserve to be in your house. I don't even deserve to work for you. But dad, will you give me a second chance? Will you forgive me? And this is where the story gets good. The Bible says here that Jesus, when he tells the story, now I want you to hear it verbatim. The young man arose and he came to his father. But while the young man was still a great way off, his father saw him. Oh, you know, I can't prove this, but I believe with all my heart that night after night, that man sit on that front porch and he looked out over that hill that he'd watched that son walk over. And he'd probably sit there next to his wife and night after night said, honey, I wonder where our boy's at. I wonder if he's okay. I've been hearing stories about what he's doing. I've been hearing stories about the life that he's been living. Honey, we gotta keep praying for that boy. We gotta keep praying that God's gonna bring him back home. The very fact that Jesus said that in this story, the father saw him from a great way off leads you only to one conclusion, and that is that the father was looking for the son. He was looking for him. I believe many nights he went and got in bed with a broken heart. I believe many nights he listened to the sobs of his wife over that boy that had run away from home. It says, and when he was a great way off, listen to this, his father saw him. And when his father saw him, he judged him and he condemned him and he hated him and he thought evil of him. No, when his father saw him, he had compassion on him and he ran. The father ran to his son. Do you understand that tonight, that no matter who you are and what you've done, that if you are willing to turn and come home, that God Almighty will run to you while everybody else has ran away from you. 
while the world will not touch you, there is a father that has been watching and waiting for you to come home. And if you would just get out of the slop and come to the father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. Oh, daddy, would you please just forgive me? Daddy, would you give me a second chance? that God Almighty in the person of Jesus Christ, that he will run to you. Do you realize the power of that statement? This is not a president running to you. This is not some famous singer nor athlete. This is God Almighty that tonight wants to run to you. If you will simply do one thing, be willing to come home.